Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to episode 187 of Slamfire Radio for December 29, 2016. I am one of your turkey-stuffed hosts, Le Frelate. I'm another turkey-stuffed host, McClatchy. Mm, ham for me and mm, uh, deer stew. Adriel. <laughs> oh, deer stew. Ham and deer stew. Mm, I like So you did some slow-cooked stuff the other day and... Mm. You would, like, other than it being super lean, you'd never know it was, a, like, a rank buck. <laughs> wow. So you took Putin's meme quite seriously then. Yeah. I, yeah, grab I a ham. There may not be any turkey left by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, Wonderful. That's yeah. a funny meme. I like that one. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right, let's jump right into it then, gentlemen. Um, McClatchy, what have you been up to? Nope. All right then. <laughs> it's it's know. Christmas time. I I haven't done anything gun related aside from nope. Excellent. Nope. I All don't right. think I did a thing. Trevor, what'd you do? Uh lots and lots and lots and lots of reloading. Like I've been just it's been it's I love Christmas vacation. I have I've been just nothing but pajamas for 3 days and black coffee and omelets and from 8 until 11 in the reloading room every day. Nice. Just, yeah, I got those um, all plastic active 12 gauge holes reloaded. I reloaded 300. Oh crap! That means I, re- I reloaded 400 rounds of 12 gauge this week. Oh, nice. 300 of the active, some one ounce. I didn't want to do a lot of one ounce in case they don't knock down steel. So I'm going to wait and test those on steel this summer. And if it patterns well and it knocks down steel, then I'll, I'll load them all up with just a one ounce load. Uh, so 300 of those. But one bag, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail here, one bag of the active hulls, the bag that was actually unopened, appears to have been left in the sun or something. Oh. Their color is a little faded compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, generally, if you fold plastic or bend plastic, it kind of gets that white, yep. tur- turned white on the crease. Well, the active hulls, they were all brand new, but this bag, the unopened bag, did that when I crimped them. So I'm not... I don't know what's going to happen. It may be a one gonna... use. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. They'll probably be fine. I mean, what, what could I mean? What could possibly go wrong? Uh, the, They'll the, just yeah, not, just well, spit, it'll just... just spit the crimp out the front instead of just opening up. It'll just you know separate. That's not going to hurt anything. It's going out the end no, of the barrel. Yeah, it's it's safe, but yeah. I don't think uh, you're I think just not going to be. Just... Yeah, you just won't be able to use them again. Yeah, the lifespan yeah. won't be there. They'll yeah. uh, they'll crack and and have little holes. So, yeah. and then I loaded up. Um, a hundred with uh, Winchester double A holes, mm-hmm. and uh, again number six shot. This is all number six shot, all um, one and an eighth, except for about seventy five rounds of one ounce that I loaded. So, and then you remember when me and you and, you and uh, me. Muffin and the Red, hmm? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Keep going, yeah. It, and we, we, last time we went to the range when I when I tested those loads through my thirty out six. Yep. So I came home and loaded up the rest of the box of that. So cool. it's roughly a hundred rounds of thirty out six, eight hundred rounds of nine mil with X metal target one forty seven grain. Oh, that's something I can talk about here in a second. Um yeah, the uh one forty seven grain X metal target loaded up eight hundred of those. And this morning I finished up two hundred and fifty rounds of three fifty seven magnum, some one fifty eight grain, some oh, these are gonna be fun. I can't wait for you to try these. One twenty five grain and I maxed them out. Nice. Full charge, 22 grains I look forward of to 296. You could hardly get the bullet onto the case. <laughs> <laughs> so I was supposed to do some 44 Magnum loading, but I used all my 296 on that. But I got a recipe from uh, Captain Andy tonight for long shot. I've got some real nice 300 grain uh, jacketed hull point 44 Magnum that I want to put in some brand new Sterling or Starline brass. Uh, with federal gold match primers 
this should be some, and he said they were accurate. And this is all nice, brand new brass with um, uh, match grade primers. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they uh, how they perform. 300 grains. Woo-hoo. This should cool. be fun. I'm going to do the milk jug test on those and see how many I can go through. Nice. So speaking of XML targets, um, some of the listeners may remember they sponsored me at Nationals. So I became a sponsored uh, XML target shooter. So I got the, the jersey and I shoot their bullets and promote their products and stuff. That's all fine and well. Proud to, proud to be doing that. But I am also now a dealer for XML targets. A couple of weeks from now, a pallet of uh, bullets and ammunition. I think ammunition. I'll have to double check. For sure bullets anyway. is going to get shipped to Muffin's work. We'll put it on the half ton, bring it here. And uh, what's really good about this this dealership is I don't have to handle any money. Anybody wants to buy um, bullets from me, goes on their website, pays for the bullets, brings me a receipt, and I give them the bullets. Nice. So, yeah, they could probably awesome. even do that. Like if if you were at a match or something like that, someone could just pull up their phone. Like X Metal's website is is decent, so yep. it's easy enough to use on a phone. Buy it right then and there, and then get the bullets from you. No shipping, no waiting, nothing. That's a exactly. that's a sweet deal. I will always travel to a match with bullets. Can can and, you yeah. can you let me know if they are selling ammo and if they're sending you ammo because I will buy ammo. I'll be one of your first sales. Awesome. They are. I need, they I need nine mil ammo. I don't have any right now. So perfect. Well, Christmas is coming, but that only lasts mm, so long. Yeah, in like twelve months. <sighs> <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, yeah, uh, it's like three hundred and sixty days to go till Christmas, folks. You're absolutely right, Matthew. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yes, I I just don't want to make Adriel and Kelly feel bad about your annual Christmas. I don't mind if they feel bad about this. (laughs) Well, good news—you got ammo for Christmas again. All right, I'm cool with this. (laughs) So, um, yeah, they will. I do believe Matthew, and if not, I will start selling ammo as well. And uh, then whenever you come over or I see you at a match or whatever, you know. Yep. And so I will make it known that I'm selling X-Metal products to the uh, shooting community in New Brunswick. And then if somebody wants something, yep, they show up at a match, show me the receipt, I give them the product. You, should definitely, you should definitely get ammo because if you're going to go to matches and, and just be able to sell them right then and there, a lot of, you know, some people can underestimate the uh, round count and, uh, you know, buy another 500, buy 1,000 kind of a thing, right? Yep. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. Awesome. So, yeah, it's it's just going to be too easy. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting this up and running. So, yeah, um, what else? That's it. Just a lot of a lot of reloading. I'm actually, you know, case gauging uh, forty while we do the show. So, Adriel, what about you? What have you been up to? You killing anything? Uh, oh, I killed some uh, tannerite. Nice. Uh, shot some of the uh, Kaboom Canada Ammo stuff that comes in the bags and I shot some of that uh, Griffin Thundershot as well. Worked pretty uh, good. Yeah, well that's that's a Christmas in Alberta. We do the hams and the turkeys and, and then you the blow beer. Up some and then the <laughs> blow stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big Sounds hit about right. my, uh, with my brothers and, uh, and my son was uh, a big fan as well. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, well, well, while we're talking about X-Metal, they had this sweet uh, free shipping deal uh, over the Christmas break here for their Boxing Day sale or whatever. So I, I got on that train. Um, <laughs> like locally here, if I buy bullets, the cheapest I can get them is about 110 bucks per thousand kind of a thing. And with X-Metal, their bullet cost was lower. But then with shipping, it was right around 110 anyways. Now with, with shipping for free, uh, I, I got them way cheaper. So. I got what five thousand of those. Nice. Oh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> what you're going to notice, Adriel, the the bullets have a proprietary polymer coating on them. Like I've never seen anything like this. It's not powder coated. They're literally like covered in in like a a very slick, um, it's very uh, anyway, very slippery. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, and so when you when you go to a powder coated bullet you reduce your powder charge because there's less resistance between the rifling and the powder coat than there is between the rifling and a full metal jacket. So they become more efficient. You can use less powder but still get the same velocity. Exactly. But with the X-Metal, it's even better than powder coat because powder coat doesn't have this real slick, slippery surface. 
when you reach into the box and pick up a handful of bullets, they're sliding between your fingers. They're just <laughs> they they're hard to hold on to. So you're gonna be you're gonna be happy because as Matthew said, you're gonna get more velocity with with uh, less powder. So well, prime example, my 40 caliber loads. I used to load 5.2 to 5.4 grains of Winchester 231. Now I'm down to 47, and I'm making wow. about a 175 power factor with that. That's impressive. Yeah. So your powder is going to go uh, a lot longer or a lot further. Yeah. Oh, well, I've well, got no. Your bullet's going to go a lot bounce, further. Bounce. No, it'll go the same it'll distance. Go further than the get there faster. <laughs> so, uh, so um, five thousand nine milliliter. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, I got the one twenty-five grain. I think I was nice. thinking about getting the one forty-sevens. They're a little bit more, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a, a cheap, and uh, I'm just going to get the one twenty-five. So. Yeah, I just got 5,000 of those. Because if, you, if you're going to do an order, you might as well order like a whole whack of them, right? Might as Hopefully well. Hopefully they shoot. Yep. Free shipping? Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. that'd be fine. Yeah. I shot them yeah. at uh, SummerSlam, not in the competition, but at the, the steel targets they had set up, and they, they hit just fine. They're they're good. Mm-hmm. First, yeah. match, first match I ever shot them in was the Provincials, and I won, so I can't complain. Yeah. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. It's a Slam good plug, radio. It's a very It's a very good plug. The yep. first time I shot it, I won. <laughs> hard to hard to deny that. No, I mean uh, I would I would shoot lead if it didn't uh, jam up my press and uh, and just like get everywhere. Exactly. So I like the I like the idea of a coated bullet, and uh, if if it's like a clean uh, reload and it's cheap, hey, I'm in. So yeah. I got those. Um, and just over the break here, I've just been writing a whole bunch of uh, articles that have been like on the back burner for a while. So. A review of uh, muzzle brake and this SKS mag block, and I'm working on the BRS 99 article. And oh, I got a I got a spreadsheet around here somewhere. Where which ones I got to do photos of, which ones I got to do articles, which ones I got to do videos. So I'm catching up on all that over the break here. Fun. I think. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. 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 All that's right. about it for me. Kelly, what did you do? I ordered a stock for you, and it's on its way. <laughs> Are you, the hair on your legs grown back yet? No. I'm a little concerned, actually. <laughs> I I would have expected the hair to just, like, I I haven't itched once, which is frightening. I it's thought been the a next week? Day, it's been a week. I There was no itching. It's like it never even occurred, which must make Kelly <laughs> really happy to know that this has been absolutely painless. I didn't cut myself. There's no itching, no burning, no dry skin. The part I am worried about, though, is the hair doesn't seem to want to grow back. That's so okay. summer you'll, just, maybe you'll be able to run faster. Okay, as long as it's not uphill. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the um, upcoming events. Matthew, you want to take the, the, the first one? The 7th Annual Canadian Podcaster Charity Shoot, that one? We oui. The yes. one that's being held on Saturday, July 8th? That's that, the one. That's the one in 2017 at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club. That's the one? Yes. All right. Well, that's it. Excellent. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think we should also announce on the show, um, speaking of shaving my legs in last week's show, we raised over 500 bucks that night. Nice. I don't know nice. if the number was ever put out, if we put it out at the end of the show or not. So it doesn't matter. Better to say it twice and not say it at Absolutely. all. The listeners, not us, the listeners raised over $500. So thank you very much, guys. Talk about Christmas spirit. It's going to a wonderful cause, helping families you know, be closer to their children at Christmas time. Once again, best listeners ever. I concur. All right. Adriel, you want to get the next one? Got your sixth charity shoot. Uh, this is the second annual Precision Rifle Competition, July 22nd to 23rd in Edson, Alberta. Funds raised will go towards the War Horse Awareness Foundation. You can get more information at gotyoursixshoot.com. Excellent. Um, I will take the next one, SummerSlam 11. Going to be held at the Rescue Gun Club in Balmoral, New Brunswick. It will be a sanctioned level 3 match with 16 stages, mm-hmm. approximately 300 rounds, 14 squads of 10 shooters. Registration night will be on August 4th. The match is the 5th and the 6th. Smoke in the water is doing all our food again. Cost to register by check is $150. 150 if you have 160 by check, 150 by EMT. Registration night is or registration opens at nine uh, January 9th. Stop calling me. Stop emailing me. I don't want to hear from you until is registration the 9th of open January. yet. 
No, it's not. I've had people try and send me money already. Like, relax. <laughs> it'll be it'll be all good. It won't sell out. I I you know we sold out live. Well, we sold out other years, but not in minutes. In, what's that? You won't sell out in minutes. Well, I don't know if we'll even sell out. You know, the nationals. Right. It is it is well timed. It's two weeks after the nationals and two weeks before the worlds. But uh, we shall see. It's going to be fun. Yep. Um, next one. I'll take that one too. Caps. The use of force training course with Dave Young. Um, it's four hundred dollars plus applicable taxes. There are uh, I don't I haven't talked to Dave since the last show, so there was twelve seats left, twelve out of a total of fifteen. So that'll take place in Dalhousie, New Brunswick. We'll probably do it at my school. I don't know if we'll have range time into that or not. Um, for more information, go to www.caps-training.com and uh, click under training or courses or forward slash sign up for more information on that. Who's got this first news item? I've got it. I just right. just uh, remembered it. Uh, Toronto man lugging sack full of 24 handguns arrested near La Colle border crossing. Wow. Yeah. And it's got a picture of a uh, beautiful looking high point. You sure it wasn't uh, Jack yeah. Bauer with his bag of guns? <laughs> oh, Jack Bauer would be embarrassed to be lugging a high point. Yeah, he would be. <laughs> from from all I've heard, they're supposed to be really reliable. They're just heavy ugly. and super, super ugly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a 36-year-old Toronto man uh, was arrested last week near Canada-U.S. border crossing, is to remain in detention until his next bail hearing in St. Jean-sur-Richelieu. Yeah, yep. nailed oh, it. boy. Yeah. On January 10th, uh, the RCMP says Than Viet Pham crossed illegal in- illegally into Canada near that same place on December 23rd, <laughs> lugging a bag containing 24 handguns of various calibers. American Border Patrol officers flagged Canadian officials when they noticed the man walking towards Canada. The RCMP says at least 10 of the seized weapons were loaded. A uh, 25th handgun was later found in the snow by officers. Yeah, that was the one that was really going to get you. Make sure you throw that one in the snow. Uh, Fam is charged with importing unauthorized firearms. If convicted, he could face 10 years imprisonment. And again, this is like 10 years seems a little bit uh, short for the damage that you could cause with, you know, 24 illegally smuggled handguns into the country. Yep. Yeah, this this guy wasn't taking them to a swap meet at his club and selling them to people with licenses. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. So. Well, I'm uh, glad they got him. But I didn't yeah. think illegal guns got smuggled across the border. I thought all the guns used in crimes in Canada were stolen from law-abiding citizens. Mm. Oh, wait. 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 Committed by law-abiding citizens, too. Yeah, probably. Oh, I mean, that's why we have the laws against us, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. we're the problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, the way I look at this is this this is like the dumbest way to, to smuggle handguns into the country. And oh, they finally please, catch tell them. us. What's the smartest way? Well, we're not, we're not going to give anybody any <laughs> Some tips. other way. Like, like, what, what, like some Basically, sort of like gun Santa with like a sack full of guns. <laughs> like like any other for. way really is uh, yeah. a better way. Yeah. There was, way. there was a post on the New Brunswick Facebook or the Facebook New Brunswick reloading page recently um, put up by a local a Woodstock-ish area resident, someone who lives down near the American border. And they, uh, a lot of people have U.S. postal boxes in Holton, and they'll get stuff delivered over there that won't normally ship to Canada, go to the border, declare it, do whatever they got to do, and off they go. Um, common practice. We all know people that do it. Recently, though, they've started to ask Canadians, the Americans, when you're, tra- when you're crossing into the U.S., the American Border Service agents are asking Canadians, you wouldn't happen to be going to pick up gun parts, guns, or ammunition or ammunition reloading equipment, would you? So, because, you know, uh, when you come back to Canada, Canada doesn't care if it's ITAR or not. You, they ask what you have, they look it up, they charge you the appropriate duty, and let you go. But it's mm-hmm. we've often said this about ammunition. A trick that people do on their 6NIA form, that's the temporary importation by aliens of guns and ammunition into the U.S., Everybody always says, write down 5,000 rounds because you can go to Walmart and buy ammo and bring it back into Canada. And if the Americans stop you, well, it's on your 6NIA. The reason why that's important to have it on your 6NIA is when you get to Canada, the, Ameri- the Canadians don't care if you bring ammo back. 
but ammo is controlled by uh, NAFTA or uh, NFA or ITAR. ITAR? Mm. Well, the, uh, it's, one of them. It's a no-no. And if the Americans yep. catch you before you get back to Canada, you can be in a world of hurt. So I don't know if if people have been taking stuff back that they're not supposed to take back, but just make sure you know what you're taking back and whether or not it's legal because you could get banned from the U.S. for life, a fine, jail time, the whole nine yards. It's not something you want to play with. If you don't know what you're bringing back, it is allowed to come back, and both parties, both countries are kosher with it. You either need to find out or, or don't do it because you don't want to find out the hard way. Yep. Well, just asking for a friend, like, can you bring over a sack full of pistols? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's you, fine. Uh, <laughs> you always want to ask for a friend. Yeah, like a like a shotgun barrel, no, but a, a sack full of pistols is fine. That's cool. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. it's too bad about Brownells. Brownells used to do the export license for like ten bucks, and now it's two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, that's well, crazy. I'm sure it's a it's a bit of paperwork to do. Mm. So, all right, listener feedback. Oh, I got one more. Uh, oh, go ahead. Just Sorry. Uh, more that I'm just last minute remembering here. Uh, CCFR put out a new video on the 1022 mag uh, yes. ruling. So, yeah, it's, yes, uh, it's that's my bad. Pretty good. Mention that. Yeah, yeah. These are yeah. Um, the new explainer videos that Rod was talking about last time he was on with Tracy. Yeah, it's uh, like uh, I'm sure most of the people who listen to our show already know what's going on with the 1022 mags and their. Um, how the RCMP is is determining that they're they're handgun pistol mags, and therefore they were designed for handguns and whatnot. But uh, uh, the video does the video does a decent job of explaining it for the layman, and uh, I think it's uh, like it's good. We need to do more stuff for the layman. We need to make make sure that people understand why uh, we're saying that the RCMP interpreting the laws and and uh, kind of making up their own rules is bad. And I think his videos are doing a good job of that. Well, yeah, and I think. Good. Um, educating the lay person and the non-gun owner has always been a huge part of the CCFR mandate. Um, uh, it's been said many times by me and other members of the CCFR, the CCFR is not here to compete with other organizations. It's here to complement them. And uh, other organizations are doing other things. But one of the most important things that the CCFR tries to do is get those people off the fence onto the correct side. You know, Tony's got the ear of government. Thank God Tony's out there. We need Tony Bernardo doing what he's doing. He's probably the most connected out of any anybody that we have in the pro-gun community. I mean, I have no no problem saying that as a member of the CCFR because we need Tony, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the NFA, they have their ups and downs. I'd like to see them get back on their feet as well. Um, but the, uh, the CCFR doing these education things, is something that the other groups aren't doing. So I'm glad to see that we're doing that, and that's the role, one of the roles that we're playing. I mean, and uh, we have to remember, of course, fledgling, fledgling. We just came up on a year, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all yep. of that other stuff will, will come in time as well as the association grows. Yeah, well, I'll, still, shoot, uh, I'll, I'll pop that explainer vid into the uh, links at the area uh, in the uh, show notes so that people can share it if they want to. Oh, Awesome. All right. Any other news items? Nope. Cool. Who wants the first email? We're not doing a main topic? Oh, that's after the topic. Right. Our main topic this week <laughs> is don't skip the main topic. Oh, that's a great main topic. How to stay focused and clear-headed. <laughs> uh, so, while on holidays. <laughs> yep. And I was reminded that she needs credit for this because apparently she's given us ideas before and she hasn't gotten appropriate credit. How would she know she doesn't listen? She doesn't listen. So let's not even, let's just say that she got credit, but not say what she it is. Right. Let's not even mention her name. You're a genius. She she who must not be named. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so the suggestion for this week's topic was winter shooting. We had a, a little reminder when I was out with Filthy about the importance of proper lubricant for one thing. Um <laughs> Proper traction control or vehicles or just by super roofs. <laughs> but anyway, let's um, let's go. I'm, I'm going to interview you guys. That's how we're going to do this. All right. All right. All right. So, Matthew, you're shooting in the winter hey, th- time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. You're, you're it's, welcome. It's a pleasure thank to be here. Uh, thanks I, for I really back. admire uh, what you've done with this uh, with this show. And, uh, uh, yeah, how, how can I help? All right. Good. Great. Um, you can start by being quiet. And, uh, <laughs> challenge accepted. Good so, luck with that one. <laughs> Matthew, let me ask you this. 
the Rangers up in the north, our first line of polar defense, recently had their bolt-action Lee Enfields replaced with a new bolt-action Seiko rifle. Now, these guys are a branch of the military, more or less. They're there to protect Canadian sovereignty in the north and keep Santa Claus safe and secure. Why, for heaven's sakes, would, in the year 2016, a branch of the military be given bolt-action rifles as a uh, duty firearm? Uh, reliability in minus 40 degree weather. Okay, expand. Well, uh, semi-auto relies on many mechanical functions that requires uh, a good lubricant in order to operate in uh, in low temperatures and a bolt action. You are just using your own muscle and you don't have to rely on a mechanical device to operate the firearm. Okay, so, so there's some one thing to consider uh, when you're shooting in the wintertime, proper lubrication is important now. Absolutely. When- well, it, I mean, it's it's just common. Well, for most people, anybody who's uh, graduated from grade six, um, which I didn't, I'm still working on it. But whatever, we'll get there. It's uh, okay, Ricky. Yeah. Well, the other, the other <laughs> thing to mention here is that the the extraction and, and bolt movement on a bolt action is way stronger than on a, on a, a semi-auto. So after your first shot with that bolt, let's let's say you're like these guys are out on, out there on skidoos, like running around the north. Uh, they're going to get a bunch of snow and a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, the, it, it might stick to their rifles mm-hmm. and freeze up the bolts. Now, on a semi-auto, you shoot once and, oh, uh, I, it didn't extract and it didn't load me another round. But on a bolt action, you're going to pop that bolt up. Even even with a, like a layer of ice on there, you're going to break it free, right? That's right. Yep. Because you could just slap it, like slap it uh, open and then rip that bolt back. Yep. Uh, of course. A bit harder on, a, on an AR or something like that. And then you'd have to mortar it, and the polar bear would eat you, and that's you know, right. all that stuff. Not to mention, no. two to three is not really polar bear, uh, anti-polar bear defense caliber. So, yeah, not really. Yeah, but the solution here should have been just give them AK-47s. The Russians use them, and they test them in minus fifty. Yeah. And, well, uh, I mean, have you guys watched the? Uh, have you guys watched the? the I'm going to go on a, a total squirrel moment here. Have nice. you guys watched the for, uh, forgotten weapons, dirt, and mud tests that they do? No. no. Oh man, you guys have to watch it. Okay, so they do they do some tests with AKs, with uh, AR-15s, and even with uh, uh, M14s, oh, didn't they? M14s, yeah, uh, M1As, uh, and then uh, like an older SP01, SP1, one of the older uh, uh, AR-15s. Um, and surprisingly, they found that the AR-15 was was like one of the best actions for use in mud and dust, way better than the AK. For the simple fact that it's it's uh, a very sealed action, uh, even with the dust cover open, that bolt is uh, is is very completely sealing that uh, that action area there. Whereas on on an AK-47 or a spe- like the M1A, like they get huge failures after uh, uh, after exposing them to mud. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, ch- check check them out because it's not it's not science, but it's pretty close where they're where they're actually like <laughs> throwing mud on these things. The other one they did where they they <laughs> they put one guy down on the ground and the other guy had like an air compressor and blew sand on his face and into the rifle <laughs> and tried to use them. <laughs> nice, it's, it's it's good. Well, it's good stuff. I mean, a lot of a lot of people have said uh, the M1A. Oh, that's going to be more reliable than an AR-15 or the uh, AK. That's going to be more yeah. reliable than the AR-15. And yet it's not. And then. Yeah, when you when you start throwing mud and sand in there, it's like, oh, actually, all the, that generous tolerance is actually bad because it lets stuck like gunk get into the firing mechanism and gunk get into the bolt recesses, and then it doesn't lock, and then it doesn't work. And yeah, yeah interesting. That, that that flies in the face of the uh, the old reliable. You know, the AK is reliable but inaccurate, but the AR is accurate but unreliable. It just kind of exactly, exactly, yeah. 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 Now, so my it's, first, uh, it's excellent for that. My first uh, life lesson with lubricants in the wintertime was when I got my first batch of, well, not my first batch, just uh, maybe. When I went to Mag 40, Slipstream had just hit the market, and um, George Hill and Joseph Chetwood were doing a permanent slipstream, a permanent slipstream treatment to your firearm. They used to joke about it on the gun dudes, how it was baked in and all this stuff, but they would apply the slipstream to the gun in a more permanent fashion than just oiling it or greasing it never did find out what they did but they were treating your firearm with the slipstream and then what you could do the first time you got slipstream slipstream you treated your gun the idea was the slipstream would make its way into all the the porous 
the pores of the metal and fill those gaps in and make the surface smoother and make the gun more reliable and, and feel better on the action. So when I first got my slipstream, I just caked my guns in slipstream and was going to take them out to the range and put hundreds of rounds through each one to kind of break the slipstream in. Yeah, nope, not so much because it was like minus 20 and I absolutely caked them in this stuff. And yep. Yeah, that was a little lesson learned there. Yeah, anyway. no, uh, you know, lubricants in, in most fluids actually get uh, thicker as they get colder. And, Ain't that well, something? Water, for instance. I mean, when you get it down to below uh, zero, it gets really thick. I mean, you can hardly it, move it. It changes a little bit or something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, all right. <laughs> but yeah, no, okay. gre- grease and oil, they, they get sticky in the cold and your gun stop worky, which is why yeah. bolt actions in the in the north are a good idea. Yeah, so the colder it is, you want reliability, switch to a bolt action, and if you, you know, must use a semi-auto, get off of the grease and get on to the light oil, I guess is the message here. Yeah, use light oil. Adriel, we talked about lubricants, we talked about preferred actions, what other kind of considerations do we um, need to consider (laughs) while uh, shooting in the winter time? I see what you did there. Oh, you know one that uh, uh, I found with a... Because you hunt a lot cold, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, November in uh, central northern Alberta is is usually pretty cold. This this year, for whatever reason, it was beautiful. But usually, it's uh, it. <laughs> I can't wait till I grow oranges in my backyard. <laughs> but but uh, most years, it's it's minus twenty to minus thirty somewhere in there, and and that's actually good because I I think the deer move a little bit more when it's colder and and they gotta and it's easier to see them if there's snow down and whatnot. But uh, one of the things I noticed hunting rabbits uh, in the cold with a JR carbine is aluminum forends suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're oh, they're so cold. cold. <laughs> it just cuts right into your glove. Like you don't notice it with with uh, hunting rifles because they're mostly like wood or or polymer or plastic or something like that, right? And that those don't transfer heat. That aluminum forend on a JR carbine was just death on my left hand and i did everything possible to not hold the thing because uh it just tra- it, it sucked the heat right out of my hand it was it was just terrible for for cold weather so if if hunting with an ar15 was legal here in canada i'd probably get like those uh rubber uh ladder uh yep. covers kind of thing for your rails yep. so that i've got them on my PAR. Holding it. yeah they yeah. work great yeah i would definitely not want to go straight aluminum because it's no. it's just death on the hands yep Awesome. Very frostbitey. Uh, a, yeah. tip, uh, a tip that I would like to give whenever I go out shooting at a range in the wintertime is I always go in layers. I even have... Um, Ogres have layers. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> onions. I even have um, like insulated pants, coveralls for my hunting suit for when I'm up in a tree stand in the fall. And I'll, I'll put those on. And if it gets too warm, then I'll take those off. And then I've got all the other layers underneath. The other thing that... Um, I'm done. When my feet get cold, that's it. I'm toast. I can't tolerate cold feet. I can Toe warmers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're awesome. Yep. Put them into your boots like yep. 20 minutes before you leave. They last like six hours. I, I went flying the other day with them in, and at, my, at the end of the day, like I put them in well before I went flying, and even by the end of the day, they were still putting off heat. I came home, my, 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 I mean, my feet were warm, and I was out. I mean, it was cold. Mm-hmm. So those, they're awesome. Yeah, I, I, I can't live without them. I read recently that you can prolong them by when you're done with them for the day, wrap, put them in a Ziploc bag because they work on oxygen. Yep. And mm-hmm. if you starve them of oxygen, they kind of go. It um, only works if uh, if they haven't been completely used at that point. Usually, oh, yeah. once they've been exposed to the oxygen, they're gonna. You can slow down the reaction, but you're not gonna stop it. But if you wanted to like save it for like the afternoon or something, then yeah, I, I think that would work. All right, but it's not like the next day kind of deal. I don't. I'll try well, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, you know, I haven't done. I haven't done any extensive testing, but uh, that'd be interesting to find out. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. try it next time. I have a pair that I haven't completely finished. I'll stick them in a ziplock and see if they're any good the next day. Yeah. Well, usually I do the the layering thing as well, and but if it's minus thirty and it you know might warm up in that day, it's kind of hard to layer appropriately. I've got a uh, one of those battery powered jackets that I just ordered, uh, kind of on Boxing Day here, so I'm gonna. I'm going to try that as, out as well. And that's that's one thing that'll let you get away with like not carrying an extra layer because you can either turn it on or off, right? That's interesting. Let me know how that works out. I might <laughs> might want one of those for the ultralight. <laughs> yeah, well, I like the idea of having the flexibility and not 
I don't know. I don't want, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from carrying a backpack and, and yeah. carrying extra clothes in it. Yep. Uh, so I want to like, ideally I can, I can carry a little bit less weight, a little bit fewer uh, layers and go battery powered to kind of act as, you know, one layer on or one layer off kind of a thing. And I think, are there, are there do they make those for, sh- for boots? Those battery powered? I'm I sure think I've they do. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I might Probably snowmobilers well. would know. Yep. Something yeah. else to consider, and um, I'm sure a lot of people out there don't know this, is that some gunpowders are temperature sensitive. So that means that mm. they will react differently in heat, and they will react differently in uh, cold weather. So generally, you're going to go to the range, you're going to set in your rifle, it's going to be a nice, warm summer day, you're going to shoot for groups, adjust your scope, great. You don't touch the rifle again until you decide to go hunting because you're in Alberta, and it's minus 25 and all of a sudden, your point of impact and point of aim is not the same, and you can't figure out why. So if you're reloading, and you're going to be shooting in various temperature conditions, it's important to use a powder that is published, um, that the, the manufacturer claims that the temp, it's uh, temperature stable. Um, Hodgson, mm-hmm. for example, has what they call their extreme line of powders. Varget is one, Benchmark is one, uh, I'm sure they've got a few others. And they claim to not change depending on the temperature. So, good something to keep in mind: uh, your factory ammunition. If you don't know what kind of powders in it, do some testing. Test when it's hot. Test when it's cold yep. to see if it's going to change your point of aim, point of impact. Yeah, especially for those guys out there who are doing uh, like long range hunting. That's that's a, a big concern. Yeah, inside inside a hundred, it may not matter. Yeah, right? yeah. it may but it outside, may change, but may not change enough to matter. Mm-hmm. Like 50 FPS or something like that outside of uh, 400 yards is, is going to start to make a big difference. Yeah, very good. Um, all right, we talked about ammunition, guns, lubricants, clothing. Uh, um, Jackson control. Else? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. in, terms of, in terms of clothing, what do you guys do for gloves? Do you guys just do you guys carry like big honking snowmobile yep. gloves and then just pull them off when you're ready to shoot? Yeah, I carry two pair of gloves: big honking snowmobile gloves and then some like mechanics t- style gloves. Something that I yeah. still have a layer on my on my hands, but it's very close to the skin, so I can still do things tact- tactilely. I'm sure that's a word. I'll make it up if it isn't. So yeah, I, I carry two pair. I was doing. Um mitts that the, the fingers fold back so you can like the, the top of the mitt yeah. is on a hinge basically. I used to do that but uh, I don't like them. Well I put the gloves on and then I put those mitts over Yeah. see I can't stand loading magazines with mitts. I can't stand um, touching a trigger you know I, I'd yeah. like to do it with a bare, a bare hand like even when, when I'm bow hunting and I'm using a wrist strap release with a uh, um, a release that you use your, your index finger on I cut that tip of the finger off on that glove, no mm-hmm. matter how cold it gets. I just keep it in my pocket or something because I need that. I need to be able to feel the the 100 contact between the the bare skin and the trigger itself to get the right feel. So right. Um, that's why I like those mitts. And if it's too cold, I'll put gloves on underneath. Cool. Yeah. In, in terms of bow hunting, uh, I try to I try to go without a mitt uh, if I can, and then I just pull my uh, pull my hand into my sleeve or something like that. But hunting, I. I just go with a big glove. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kick it off when you're ready glove. to shoot. Yeah, I just kick it off when I'm ready to shoot. Or you know, if, if I'm in a if I'm in a stand, I often don't need my hands in the gloves, uh, so I leave them out so that they're not getting sweaty and getting uh, uh, moisture inside the glove. And I just pop my hands in my pockets or whatever, and that way I can I can jump onto the gun if I need to, or uh, you know, put on yep. my gloves if, if it gets really cold. But yep. like if, if you're hiking out to your spot and your hands are in your gloves and you're starting to get warm, it you don't think of your hands as like sweating a lot. But, but they, they will. do. And then and then after you've been sitting for two, three hours, your gloves start getting cold because there's all this condensation and all this uh, uh, moisture in there, right? Yep. I also have, um, it's made by Rocky. Uh, it's like a pouch goes around. It's uh, got like a belt on it. And it sits in the front of your uh, like a fanny pack, your stomach, right where your hoodie pouch would be. Yeah, like a fanny pack. Yeah, kind of like a fanny pack. Yeah, Yeah. but it's got like elastic ends, and you put your hands inside there, and you throw a couple of heat packs in there. There's actually a pouch in there, so the heat packs don't move around. Oh, cool! And so you can just keep your hands right in there, bare hands, and then pull them out whenever you need to uh, to do whatever. Nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, all right, we got anything else besides traction Mm. control? Nope. Yeah, trash control is important if yeah. your uh, imaginary <laughs> friend wants to follow 
filthy and a, and squire to the in range Subaru. In, in Subarus. Yeah, yeah. I would so. say if if you're at the range uh, and it's really cold, there's probably not that many people there. But just like maybe don't even bother bringing your spotting scope because you need to move anyways to get warm. Uh, yeah, I don't walking mind up and going down the back range. and forth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind walking back and forth. I don't even bother bringing out the uh, the spotting scope or anything like that. The other thing that happens is uh, it, it, once it gets cl- uh, like lower than minus thirty, the humidity off your eyeball starts to freeze up on on uh, on some optics. It'll uh, it'll actually yeah. get on. So I've I've had it happen to me where yeah. I've been sitting on a on a, on a scope and it's like why I'm I'm breathing down. I got a mask over my face or something like that. Yeah. So the, the you know, it's it's not going towards the eyepiece, but it's like that heat. <laughs> the heat from your eye actually fogs yeah. it up. Yeah, and that's then, when and you know you it's can't cold. Can't use a stupid thing, anyways. So we got we got <laughs> we got Spencer down in Smyrna going what? Yeah, <laughs> I've got a picture I'll send you, um, Adriel, from last time I was shooting with Filthy. It was minus twenty three, and I think he's got one too of his AR where your cheek is resting on the stock, like I'm using the PRS oh, stock. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, big big okay. spot where yeah, your your my breath coming out of my nose was freezing on the buttstock. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So rough icicles on your mustache and beard and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it. Good times. <laughs> so listeners, um, feel free to write in with your winter shooting tips if there's something that we overlooked or completely. Um, uh, oh, well, if we overlooked it, um, we completely forgot have, it. Yeah, if you yeah. have any tips or tricks or funny winter shooting stories or hunting stories. Like the time you like the flagpole? Yeah, yeah. Follow <laughs> our... Doc, doc. Write <laughs> <laughs> in and, and tell us all about it. So, All right, gentlemen, ready to jump into listener feedback? Sure. All right, from Dave. Merry Christmas to my favorite podcasters. Now that the gun dudes are off there. Ha, ha, ha. Dave. P.S. Trevor, how are the new legs working out for you? And is that a Canadian Reload Radio tattoo on your calf? <laughs> um, well, I talked about the legs earlier, so that hasn't changed. And no, that is not a Canadian Reload Radio tattoo on my calf. Well, that would be hilarious. It is. And speaking of gun dudes, they are back. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. No Tom, no Koski, and no Travis. So it's, they're not um, back then? No. So And no. they're not called the gun dudes either. All right. Carl so. and Stan are back with a new female co-host, uh... I can't remember her name. I listened to their first episode today, and Captain Andy put me on to them. Uh, Carl and Stan were the funniest anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, and they've got Jason Christensen from Concealment Solutions with them. Does Stan so, stay awake for most of the show, or? Yeah, Carl's the one that's constantly asleep now. Oh, weird. Carl's yeah, getting Carl's old. Yeah, living, he's, well, he's old, yes, but he's also living the uh, Stan lifestyle. Right. So it seems, the impression I got, all they've done since they went off the air, was build ARs. Oh, so yeah. they're an AR show, basically. So that's a yeah. fun hobby. Absolutely. Yep. Nothing wrong with so ARs. They're, they're, the, the RSS feed hasn't changed. So if you were subscribed to the Gun Dudes and never unsubscribed, the new show should show up in your feed. If you do a search on your podcast app for the Gun Dudes, the new show will show up because I looked for them under the name Gun Dudes. And, um, they popped up. It popped up, but uh, as I said, the show's not called The Gun Dudes anymore. The show is called um, The SX3, and that's their new sponsor. And the female host, I believe that is her um, that is her company name. So she does something with building ARs or something like that. So SX3 is the name of the, the new show. Um, cool. It was a little awkward. Uh, they, uh, I don't think Carl and Stan actually introduced themselves. I guess they just think that everybody who was listening before automatically picked up where they left off. So first first new show, first episode of the new show, and there wasn't a whole lot of explanation. It's almost like they never stopped kind of thing. So it's kind of neat, but uh, I'm glad to have them back for sure. Unfortunately, probably means we're going to become the second best show again, but that, that that's it. fine. Ah, what are you going to do? Ah, what are you going to do? Well, we'll have to have them on again. Yeah, exactly. We'll apologize because it's a Canadian thing to do. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so. I just uh, updated my uh, uh, podcast list, and Gun- I was still subscribed, and I opened it up, and Gun Dudes, yeah, their their first episode, it pops right up. Awesome. So, so. Yeah. Great, I'll have to cool. give them a listen. Yeah. All right, McClatchy, you want to take this one from the whale? From the whale. Hey, guys, first of all, best Christmas and New Year's wishes to you all. 
Second, I wasn't too surprised when Trevor mentioned that frog glue blocked up a gun when it got cold. I had it bind up in my little car PM380 so bad in the quote-unquote brutal Atlanta winter weather that I had to detail strip it and totally defrog it to get it running again. I will still use it on large parts with lots of mass. I've never had any issues with, say, an AK bolt carrier or a rifle bolt, but I avoid it like the plague on anything with small parts. Also, since you can't mix it with standard oils, it's really only good in a few cases where there aren't a lot of different lubricant points. Even if I stopped using it in ARs because, oh, I even stopped using it in ARs because I use gun oil on the trigger group and if the two mixed, it would become a sticky mess. These days, AKs are the only thing I still use it on, mainly because it's almost impossible to gum them up bad enough not to run. Huh. Interesting. Challenge accepted. Absolutely. Send up an AK <laughs> and we'll put, oh wait, don't yeah. do that, we will go to jail. Semi-auto 12 gauge on the bolt, which is a pretty big part, shooting three inch magnums. Still didn't work. Still didn't work. Yeah. Uh, when it's gone, I'll just switch over to one of the synthetic gun oils I've been using anyway. I've had really good luck with the SLP products, uh, EWL, Oil and Grease, and I still use Slipstream as well. Frog Lube made a big splash. Haha, <laughs> I see what you did there, Spencer. Uh, when it came out, but at the end of the day, it's just a food-safe lube designed for keeping kitchen equipment running, not guns. And that comes from, <laughs> from Spencer. He says, P.S. Did you know that minus 40 is the same temperature in both centigrade and Fahrenheit? Either way, that's yep. flipping cold. Actually, we're Canadian, so yeah, we, we know that when we're born. <laughs> uh, P.P.S. I was surprised to see a new Gun Dudes episode pop up on their feed. Looks like they are rebooting the show with four hosts now, one of whom is a woman. Uh, yeah, that's Tommy, I think. They yeah, also they stole swapped. that idea from us. <laughs> they did, actually. That was our... Yeah, we did that first, didn't we? So yeah, basically, they've copied us. So we started out copying them, and now we've come full circle where the uh, the teacher's now the master. Wait, the student's now the teacher? <laughs> the student's now the... I don't know, something. I don't know. We just pissed off so many people, I can't even keep track. It, it's okay. So yeah, I know. It, Anyway, they swapped out one of their original casts for a new guy. Now, why does that sound familiar? That's basically what we did. We started. Yeah, we got rid of Owen. <laughs> we we got, got rid of Frosty. Owen, got Adriel, and then we added a girl. Yep. That's what Way they to go did. So gun dudes. Way they are copy copying us. us. We are Again. calling you out, gun dudes. Only yep. you're not the gun dudes, so. We need you to come. You. Yeah, you guys better come on our show and explain yourselves. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's what the, the, the gauntlet has been dropped. And and if you don't like it, I'll fire a warning shot at you. Yeah. Now I I would invite um, Tommy and Koski to come on our show, but after their last show and after my post on Facebook, I don't know if they're ever going to speak to me again. Oh, sounds like there's a story there. <laughs> You'll have to go read my Facebook. I try to avoid it as much as I can, but all right, whatever. <laughs> Refollow me then. <laughs> Refollow you? I guess I will. Whatever. <laughs> Refriend. Yeah, I'd have to. Oh. I'd have to refriend you. <laughs> There you go. I, uh, I refriend. Oh, speaking of refriending, I cut over half my friends after I got hacked last week. And yep. I had the computer looked at by, uh, well, I had one tech on the phone. So a big shout out to Paul. Uh, Paul gave me a hand. And then another Paul's wife, who was a computer tech, she was here. She installed some antivirus software, um, Spybot. And malware bytes. I ran both of those plus yeah. my Avast. Um, and then I logged into my Facebook from work and unliked everything. Um, so, long story turned, short, is it working now? Well, I don't know. Turned oh. off all the apps, the whole thing. So, you're going to tell us this whole long story just to give us an inconclusion. Well, I actually, because I, I don't, <laughs> I, you interrupted me and now I don't know what the point was. I was almost there. <laughs> That's the best way to do this yeah if so if you got if you got a, sh a post shared by trevor that was unsavory it may not have been him oh i know where i was going Maybe. yeah so oh I unfriended, saves day. I unfriended everyone who i've never met in person or have been friends with online for a couple of years and know them to be an actual person so if you're a listener of the show and i unfriended you don't take it personal uh i was just it's just that he that. doesn't like you i was just doing that for security reasons to try and clean up the uh my facebook account so if you're so inclined and want to follow the shenanigans, you can go ahead and, and re-add me. Not you, though, Matthew. You can stay away. I wasn't going to. Don't worry. Dirty boy. Yeah, sounds good. All right. I haven't heard from Stacy today, so I don't know if we had any iTunes reviews or not. But please feel free to head over there and leave us one. 
Um, make it a five-star rating and a, and a review, 144 so far. And um, what else? That's, That's basically it. it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait. <laughs> we got some, well, <laughs> you guys have any shout-outs? Nah. Mm-hmm. To Kelly, because no. she's not on, and I hope that she comes back next week. Yeah, come back soon, Kelly. We miss you. Yeah. So, no new Patreonies this week. That's okay. 2017 is coming. It's still not too late to jump on board and become a Patreonie and get all that amazing new bonus content. And what do we got? We got passengers or stickers for them or something? Something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, approved of the comps, and uh, yeah, we should be getting those, I don't know, in a month or two. Awesome. Like so you cool. guys are going to be getting some free swag. I know one podcast who is making $15,000 a month on Patreon. Wow. What? That's not yeah. us. Uh, nope. No. <laughs> nope. But he does podcasting for a living. And um, one cool thing I'll say about Patreon, the Patreon program is we don't have to deal with sponsors. Yeah. I know there's, there's a lot of good people that have wanted to get behind us, and we've always declined, and not, that's not because we don't believe in their products. But one – it's, you don't want to listen to commercials. Yep. And two, uh, we always want to have the freedom to say whatever we want. That's right. So. And the nice thing with the Patreonies is if they don't like what we, if they start to not like what we're saying, they just unsubscribe. They just stop being that, a supporter. So that's right. Mm-hmm. They vote with their dollars. That's right. But before you unsubscribe, yeah, if you please think don't. The show sucks. Tell yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and and you know when we tell you we like something, it's because we like it. It's not because we're being paid to say we like that's it. Right. So this way you can <laughs> trust us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, except if we say that we like the Patreonies because they're paying us to say that we like them. (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) You're both right. Uh, (laughs) But we do like them. (laughs) Let's let's uh, encourage our listeners and to join one or both or all of the Canadian firearm associations. Help those who help us. Check us out on the Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. 1,591 likes so far. Uh, this is all right. This is um, I got the last. I'm saying this, and this is the last time you will hear this list for oh, yeah, 2016. Because we, we, re- we restarted for 2017. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, right. Keep the likes, but starting in 2017, this is gone, so you can start sending us new stuff. All right, here's the new one here. Yeah. Huh? Nothing. I was going to say, here's the last time. Go. 116 thumbs up. 26 gold stars and counting. Not anymore. We're not. Nope. Um, a brace of little penguins flippers, two flukes, four manatee flippers, two kangaroo thumbs, one safe space, an HK logo, two hobbit thumbs, my personal favorite, five duck bills, two squirrels nuts, two honks, two 1911 triggers, an ace of spades, a cartridge in a pear tree, and a pheasant in a pine tree. All right. So, you know, listeners, if you want to stick to thumbs, that's fine, right? <laughs> yeah. That's really okay. Yeah, if they you would just don't have a long list. Yeah. Why don't make a big thing of it, Trevor. They'll like January is going to come around. They're going to send us like a gajillion weird things. <sighs> it's going to be great. All right, look, I want Harambe's head. It's already too late. <laughs> it's already too I late. <laughs> All right. Until next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Good night, Christmas Kelly. Past. Wait up! Wait to Screw it up. What? What? What is it? Well, and on that awkward moment, we'll see you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.